Today is the first official day of the Lori Vallow Daybell trial, and luckily, we have a legal correspondent who will be attending every day of the trial just for us so that she can report accurately and truthfully about what is going on in the courtroom for the Vallow trial, and we've got her on the phone right now to discuss opening statements with us, and you'll have to forgive us for the recording quality because we are, you know, in a car, recording off a phone, working with what we got. So let's hear about opening statements this morning. Thanks, Joe. For the state, Blake opened with saying money, power, and sex. Those are the first three words she used. She said that is what Lori Vallow wanted, and that's what she was going to do, whatever she could do to get. They went on to talk about collecting the Social Security for J.J. and Tylee. They hit on that pretty heavy. They hit on the fact that J.J. was difficult to care for, that J.J. and Tylee's fathers had both passed away, so Lori was receiving their Social Security benefits. Tamara Douglas Daybell, which is... Chad's wife, which she's also on trial for, the murder of Tammy. She was a 59-year-old mother of five. She was a computer whiz. And each time they were talking about Tylee and JJ and Tammy, they were actually flashing photos of their deceased remains on the screen. They talked about her brother, Alex, and what his role played in their whole dynamic that Alex was basically Chad and Lori's everything. I mean, like he did any anything and everything that they wanted him to do. When Lori first met Chad, that she was really flirty with him. They spoke, they, they were like instantly drawn to each other. A lot of this stuff we know, but they spoke about that they had had a prior life together, that they belonged together, that they were prior figures from the Bible together. Their names were James and Alina. Chad wrote, he was an author. He wrote a lot of story or a lot of books about, you know, prepping for his group, prepping the people. But he even wrote a story about them together as James and Alina. And Lori would do whatever she could to get Chad. She was, I mean, she was just obsessed with him. She began telling people and teaching people about light and dark. And she could even give these readings without Chad at some point. They would give people a different rating between their level of light and dark. There was mentioned that evil can push the real person out and take over the body. And that is what they consider to be a zombie. And zombies can't be cast out. They did these things called casting. They said they would even do them without people, pre- like without the person present. They would do these castings on these people to give them a rating system between their light and darkness. And if a person was evil enough or dark enough that they would become a zombie. And the only way to get the zombie out was to destroy their body. And it's really important to note that she spoke many times, even in messages. They talked about this in the opening statements, that there were messages to people where Tylee and JJ were both dark. Was there anything in the prosecution's opening statements that gave or shed any light on the evidence that we should expect to see. She definitely hit a lot on the burden of proof and talking a lot about reasonable doubt. She mentioned a couple of times that doubt could still cause a reasonable person to convict someone. She explained that if there was a meeting of the minds, even if she didn't actually commit the crime, that a person can still be convicted of that crime in Idaho. 
I thought that was interesting. She did talk about messages that will be seen, financial records that will be seen. That weighs a lot on the Social Security payments that she continued to receive after Tylee and JJ's death. In the prosecution's opening statements, did they shed any light on the crime scene or crime scenes or the condition of the remains? They mentioned the crime scenes both for JJ and Tylee, that they were both found in a shallow grave. They mentioned that there was DNA on a pickaxe and a shovel from Chad's property. She stated that kids were found June 9th. They were identified the 10th. She stated that Tylee's remains were charred and a mass of bone and tissue. JJ was also found in a shallow grave. He was wrapped in garbage bags and wrapped in duct tape around his head and his arms. Tammy was home alone with Chad when she died. And Chad called 911 and had, you know, said that she had been feeling ill. When Tammy died, her death wasn't suspect at all at first. And then they exhumed her body and discovered that she died of asphyxiation. This is super interesting to me because you and I discussed this last week while you were sitting through Vordire and talking about the questions that they asked. And you and I discussed how they have charges for murder for Tammy. And for those reasons alone, they had to have discovered a cause of death different than they initially suspected. And so I think it's very interesting to hear that the cause of death was asphyxiation. Yes. And Alex had made some comments after that was found out. So they exhumed her body December 11th of 2019. And Alex Cox died the 12th. So literally the day after. He had mentioned that, I hope I'm not their fall guy. Interesting. When they talked about the remains being found, you said that for JJ, they were in a plastic bag and duct tape was around his head and his arms. Did they say anything about Tylee's remains? They said Tylee's remains were also found in a shallow grave and they were charred and a mass of bone and tissue. During the prosecution's opening statements, you mentioned that they referenced DNA being discovered on a pickaxe and a shovel. Did they reveal who that DNA belonged to? They said it was Tylee's DNA on the pickaxe and shovel. Was there anything else that you found to be super interesting or new information as far as the prosecution's opening statements go? A lot of what they were talking about after her and Chad were married or after they were together, Chad would introduce her, I mean, seven days after his wife died. So, I mean, they weren't married yet. And it was just seven days after his wife died. He was introducing Lori to his neighbors and the neighbors were saying that they couldn't get their hands off each other. Those are going to be witnesses. They talked a lot about their plans of getting married. This is just seven days after his wife has died. Another thing that was telling was he changed over his health insurance and he was making plans to rent a home or rent an apartment. He never listed any minor children on either one of those applications for the insurance or the property. Okay, I know you're in a rush because you're only on a quick lunch break. So let's get into the defense's opening statements. What all did the defense have to say or present during their opening statements? The defense opening statements were done by Archibald. And he spent a good 10 minutes talking about him, which I thought was interesting. (laughs) His expertise, introducing his staff, 
And then talking about Lori, where she was born, what her you know, home dynamic was when she was a child. She was a hairstylist by trade. He said Chad was attracted to her pretty smile and vivacious personality. He talked about her and her children, where Colby was born, where Tylee was born, how she, you know, came about adopting JJ from Kay and Larry. And he just really weighed a lot on. So the defense gave a lot of background information on himself, his client, and the kids. Yes. Did he get into anything that was case-specific? He did talk about religion. He said that she had a particular interest in religion and the end of times. He followed that up with, you know, that we all have, we all get to worship as we choose in this country, which I thought was interesting. He talked about Chad being an author. When she met him, her beliefs began to change, maybe putting the, you know, the onus on Chad. And she does have an alibi defense, so we are expecting her to say, based on the fact that they have declared an alibi defense, that she wasn't there and someone else had to do it. Yes. He even mentioned in his statement that when JJ and Tylee were murdered, she was in her apartment in Rexburg, and when Tammy was unalived, she was in Hawaii. What's interesting to me, she has an alibi defense... But when did the kids die? Like, you have to know when they died for you to have an alibi that you weren't there for it. I just think that's really interesting. Yeah, the assumptions of the dates that they died are the last dates that they were seen alive. But I don't know that they can prove that. Was there anything else from the defense's opening statements that you found to be interesting? He did reiterate to the jury that even though, I mean, I sat through for dire. <laughs> For a week and they eliminated you know lots and lots of jurors and for him to reiterate at the end of his opening statements that he actually said to the jury anything they may have heard they need to set it aside and start with a clean slate i thought that was interesting because that tells you that you know everybody's heard of this case here and so it's really important that they're going to to set that down he read some pieces of the indictment Several pieces of the indictment actually mentioned many times. Was she present? Did she advise or compel? You know, the charges, did she kill or did she assist or did she encourage or did she command? He was asking a lot of those questions of the jury that they're going to have to be looking at, taking words right out of the indictment. So as far as opening statements go by both the prosecution and the defense, there's a few tidbits of new information such as Tammy Daybell's cause of death, more information on how the bodies were found, and of course that Tylee's DNA was found on a pickaxe as well as a shovel on Chad Daybell's property. The defense is really alluding to the fact that they are going to argue that she was not there when this happened, therefore should not be convicted of first-degree murder. Was there anything else interesting going on in the courtroom? the dynamics or anything else that you noticed? Everyone's just there really taking heavy duty notes. And just for right now, during opening statements, they were flashing three pictures of remains. They showed Tammy Dable's body, uh, actually four pictures because they showed Tammy Dable's body. And at one point they were speaking of her. She was like a computer whiz was their, their 
their word wording and at one point they kind of flashed even her arm and made the comment you know that she won't ever be able to work on computers again they mentioned jj there was definitely you know a picture of remains Lori just seemed very stoic all right girl i gotta go back okay okay enjoy thank you so much yes ma'am we will catch you after court closes today thank you thank you 3 30 okay bye. all right bye